cross, and Dempsey is denied again, and Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! Catabel, la vaca, Ana Rodríguez tirando, golazo, taque, 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 gol, gol, vino, 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 gol de Mundial, taque, taque, gol, gol, taque, taque, gol, 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 taque, taque, gol! Oh, Zinedine, oh, Zinedine, pas ça, pas du tout, pas ça, Zinedine, pas ça, Zinedine, oh non, oh non, pas ça! Welcome, Bilbos y Bilbas. To bend it like Beckett, I am your host, Scott Bedgood, here with my co-host, Brian Fleischer. I'm excited to be here, Did I pronounce my name clearly enough? I think you did. Okay. Some people may have thought that I was Scott Beckett. Maybe. Which would have been nice. That would have been nice. Uh, But no. Alas. But alas. alas, You're a lowly Beckett, or Bedgood. a lowly (laughs) Bedgood. Well, Brian... The World Cup has been World Cupping. It has. Uh, along quite cheerfully. Since Friday. Yes. Did you notice I welcomed everyone in English? You did. Usually you have been welcoming in the language of the big winner of the day. Yes. So and we've we've gone um, Spanish, mm-hmm. I believe, and uh, Croatian. Mm-hmm. Uh, but today was English. Why is that? Because England had the most decisive victory of the tournament thus far, 6-1 thrashing Thrashing. of Panama. Poor Panama. The other big wins of the weekend, just to run those down real quick. So Friday we had Brazil beat Costa Rica 2-0. Two goals in extra time. Neymar cried. (sighs) He cried after the second group game. That's, That's for show. He also probably should have been sent off. For he, a couple different things. Well, he he definitely should have gotten a yellow for that flop in the box. That was one of the worst flops you'll ever see. And then the throwing of the ball incident, that came before or after, after. that? After. Okay, so you got to think he might not have done that had he gotten a yellow card for the dive in the box. Maybe. And Perhaps. then there, was, there were a few other things, too, just really antagonizing yeah. the other team. Uh, if you can read uh, lips in Portuguese or Spanish, because it's the same word. <laughs> <laughs> he called the called the Costa Rican a pretty uh, mean term. Mm-hmm. Very clearly on camera. We also had Nigeria two zero over Iceland. Very um, disappointing there from Iceland because Iceland dominated like the first thirty minutes. Had yeah. about three chances, uh, but then Ahmed Musa and Nigeria kind of looked at each other and went, hey, "I think we're really good. We, we can score a couple goals here." Nigeria is, I think really good and, and like their coaches said that they're a couple years away yeah but they're really good right now yeah that'd be really interesting when they play argentina uh because nigeria could go through argentina could Ar- go through that's not a, iceland that is, could go well, through i mean uh, everyone has a chance yeah argentina has not really shown much this world cup obviously the casual soccer fan may think oh argentina I've heard of Messi, Nigeria. I've never heard of anyone. Right. Surely Argentina should demolish Nigeria, but I don't think it, that's not going to happen. Based on recent evidence, no, not um, at all. So you know that that'll be a really interesting game. Uh, Switzerland beat Serbia two one. Exciting Switz- game. Yeah, that was a great game. Serbia got a goal in the fifth minute from mm-hmm. Mitrovic, and looked for all the world like they were kind of going to pull away from that game, but Switzerland stayed in it. Granite Xhaka with a beautiful powerful, unbelievable, long-range mm-hmm. goal. And then Jordan Shakiri somehow was forgotten about <laughs> in the 90-something minute of 
a tie game and ends up on a breakaway and wins it. Yeah, both with the Albanian Eagles. Yes, both we, are being in, both investigated, right? Yeah, for inciting some, the crowd. I mean, that is or, what they were doing. Well, okay. it, it's you know, I I love political <laughs> intrigue. Uh, this World Cup has gotten me really deep into Balkan history, you, former, <laughs> you, former Yugoslavian Republic yes. history. Um, so there's some really interesting things going on there. Granite Xhaka's father had been imprisoned by the Serbians mm-hmm. and beaten uh, mm-hmm. for three and a half years. So Xhaka being of Albanian descent, living in Switzerland, be, playing for the Swiss team, uh, he wanted to throw a little Albanian... Uh, symbol towards the Serbian fans, yeah, which was lost on many people. It but was lost on me until after the game. Us, <laughs> explained to us much later and became very interesting. <laughs> and then Jordan Shakiri, also being of Albanian origin, just added a little bit, added a little fuel to that fire. Yep. So that was really interesting. We had Saturday games of Belgium uh, continuing to be the only team in the tournament that has played well. Each game. I mean, they've only played two games. I guess Russia played well in yeah. their first two games. And then they kind of showed what happens when they play an actual, you know, mm-hmm. team when they played Uruguay today. But Belgium winning 5-2. to two. It was all, the all-Chelsea, or two Chelsea, one former Chelsea. Uh, Hazard scored two. Lukaku, former Chelsea, scored two. And Batshuayi. There you go. Is he, he's, he's current. Chelsea. Yeah, current Chelsea, yeah. yeah. So anyway, Mexico, uh, they beat South Korea 2-1. It was closer than maybe it should have been. Mexico yeah. was kind of battling. South Korea stayed in it with a really good goal from Sun Young-min. Late. Uh, yep, late. Late in the game. Very, very good shot. Um, Got a little chippy there towards the end. It did. A lot of these games are starting to get very yeah, chippy. Yeah, South Korea throwing some elbows, coming in with some hard tackles. Chicharito, yeah. I believe, took an elbow to the throat. Was it him who took it or was it Velas? One of them took an elbow like directly yeah, to there the was, throat. Yeah, there were some some rough, rough things going on. And then Germany... Oh my goodness! What a, I mean, that was a tough, 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 tough game for them. Yeah, one-one uh, until the ninety. Is, it, it has it labeled as a ninety-fifth minute goal, which I guess that's what it was. I mean, the last kick of the game after Jerome Boateng had been sent off foolishly in the eighty-second. That was a terrible. Yeah, tackle. I, 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 he, he, on a yellow, you have to know you can't go in like that. He's not been playing well. <laughs> you know how you know that we talk about players who have a great World Cup. Mm-hmm. and it increases their transfer value. Yeah. I think he's doing the opposite because <laughs> there's a lot of talk that he's available and there's a lot of talk of he's a $50 million defender and yeah. Manchester United want, might want him. I'm not seeing a $50 million defender in Jerome Boateng right now. No. And and after that one, the final whistle blew. The benches got into it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sweden was not happy with how apparently some of the German players and staff were celebrating in front of their bench and gesturing towards them. The Swedish coach said that they were rubbing their faces in it, and well, they didn't take too kindly to well, that. Just you know, win the game if you don't like how people celebrate. Well, you, that's, that's, that's that's how I always a... feel about it. But I mean, the Tony Cruz goal—you could almost see it coming. If you know anything about Tony Cruz, you know that he can strike a ball better than almost anyone in the mm-hmm. world. And just where that that ball was with Royce standing there, you're like, okay, he's going to roll it to Royce. Royce is going to stand on it, and it's going to be there for him. And there's nothing anybody can do about Perfectly it. Perfectly placed. It was amazing. It was. It was. I actually watched that game with my parents, who don't care about soccer at all, and mm-hmm. I think even they appreciated. Yeah. That that goal at the end. Sunday. Oh England. Fo- the- football is coming home. <laughs> England takes it to Panama six to one. I'll admit, like you 
chose to sleep in for France, Australia mm. on, uh, what is that, day three of the World Cup. Mm. I chose to sleep in for England, Panama. I did go back and watch some of the game, watch the highlights, of course. Um, but I think I made the wide decision, wise decision. De- but I think I made the wise decision there. When I woke up, it was already 1-0, and mm-hmm. I believe Harry Kane's first penalty happened like about the same time as I mm-hmm. woke as Yeah, I woke Stone up. scored in the eighth, and then Harry Kane's first penalty was in the 22nd. Yeah, night. I knew this game wouldn't be that great, so I wasn't prioritizing it. I didn't know it would already be 2-0 basically when I woke up. And then Stone scores again in the 40th minute, and then Kane with his second penalty in the 46th minute after being just form tackled. Mm-hmm. Panama was just, <laughs> they were all over the place. Lingard had the best goal of the game by far. It yeah. was an outside, uh, outside of the box shot um, showing the, the talent that he has, which he really did not show very well in the first game. He didn't play well. There's mm-hmm. a lot of just missed opportunities. He should have yep. had probably three goals. Yep. So then he pulls this one out of the hat, and you're like, okay, this is why they have this guy on there. And then Kane completes his hat trick with the most ridiculous I was going to say the greatest hat trick in World Cup history. He wasn't even looking at the ball. Yeah, so if he's running away from the ball. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen it, who is it that's taking the shot? I'm not sure. That I don't know. Um, So a teammate of his is taking an outside of the box shot Mm -hmm. from uh, the right wing, kind of cutting in, Mm -hmm. taking a left footed shot. And Kane is running across the face of sort of the defender about 10 yards, five five to 10 yards in front of his own uh, player. And the shot hits off Harry Kane's back heel that is lifting up as he's running. (laughs) And it is a perfect deflection, puts a top spin on the ball that it goes up over and into the corner of the goal. Kane had no, like didn't even look, didn't have anything to do with it. There's no credit you could give to Mm -hmm. him, but he gets the goal because it went off him last. So he completes a World Cup hat trick that consists of two penalties and a deflected shot off of his heel that he wasn't even looking. While running away from the ball. While running away from the ball. (laughs) I am declaring this the worst hat trick of all time. The worst? Yeah. It's got to be How could there be a worse hat trick? I don't know. I mean, listen, I'll give enough credit to Kane for making penalties because we've seen plenty of missed penalties from really good players. Mm -hmm. Messi, Ronaldo, Sigurdsson have all missed penalties. Yeah. So making a penalty is is a skill, mm-hmm. and he's very good at it. He blasted those in there, but okay, one penalty in your hat trick, that's fine. Two penalties in your hat trick, we're talking a lot less impressive. He's and, got go ahead. He's got five of their eight goals, does he not? Um, yes, he scored the two. Yes, he scored the two in the first game. And those were both like kind of poacher's goals, Mm -hmm. which are fine. I mean, that's a skill, knowing where you should be. Chicharito's made a career out of it. I mean, Miroslav Klosa (laughs) has the most goals in World Cup history, and they were all poacher's goals. So not to take anything away from a poacher's goal, but two penalties and then the third goal there. I have a list of things that are more impressive than Harry Kane's hat trick. Do you really? Yes. Okay, let's hear it. The first one is mailing a letter. Have you ever tried to mail a letter? (laughs) A lot of things involved. You got to get the address right. Mm-hmm. You got to have handwriting that's yes. good enough to read. Yes. You um, need an envelope, which you need, is you need an envelope, which, which I always who, used to have to go. I still have to go to the store if I need an envelope. Yeah. Who has an envelope? No one. Stamp. You got to have a stamp, which is I don't know if people understand this. This is a sticker that costs money, and then it, you put it on your envelope, and it's like, hey, I've paid for this thing, but it, it, they're like forty something cents. I don't know. They're forever I, stamps now, and, and yeah, but they, some, but the price keeps changing. Of course, at some point in your life, you probably bought. 
a book or a roll of forever stamps thinking this is going to save me so much money. Then you have to put that 47 cents either on your debit card or do you have like 47 cents well, or that's a single... you buy like a book of them? Well, then then you got to buy then you have to mail multiple letters. Yeah, exactly, but then you lose that book because you mail like one letter <laughs> a year and you so you got and then you got to write your return address in uh-huh. the top corner. Yeah. And then you know, I you know, if you live in a house that's fine, you just put it in your yeah. mailbox and you lift the flag up. When I lived in an apartment, I never figured out how to mail a letter. I would just take it to work. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I had like a community like mail area, but yeah, there was no just drop sl- it in there slot. So that's harder than what Harry Kane did. Um, the other one, talking to you about soccer without hearing the phrase Chelsea reject or Chelsea legend or Chelsea great, actually. Or Liverpool bias. Liverpool bias, which is what you say if I dislike any player that's not a Liverpool player. Mm-hmm. Or that you praise someone like Jordan Henderson who doesn't deserve I, it. I don't remember ever overpraising Jordan <laughs> Henderson. I think he's a good player, but I would not overpraise him. <laughs> uh, but you could even accuse me of that right now with my Harry Kane. Uh, yeah. A feeling, but yes. I just uh, these are not impressive things, and uh, so th- those are two things that are more impressive. Do you have anything that's more impressive? You don't have to. No, because I said it was an impressive. I called it the most impressive World Cup hat trick. I think oh, another, better than better you know, than you know what, Ronaldo's. You know what a better goal was the uh, if you remember the Morocco Iran game, the own goal by the Moroccan player mm-hmm. who had like a diving header that like placed the ball right in his own goal. It was a perfect shot. That was more impressive than this. Was this more impressive? This is a good segue. Sadio Mane's goal in the next game against Japan, <laughs> where the keeper tried to punch the ball away, and he punched it kind of into the midsection, the knee yeah. area, the shin section of Mane, who was standing right in front of him, deflected in for the first goal of the game. I think that was on level in, in impressiveness with uh, Harry Kane's mm-hmm. goals because, yeah, the, <laughs> the ball was right at the keeper. Yeah, He could have tried to grab it with his hands, or he could. Yeah, um, people smarter than me were saying, you got to catch that in your chest. Mm-hmm. He tries to punch with a player no more than two feet away from him. Yeah. Punches right into Mane off the sort of knee, chest, whatever area, area. right in. So not necessarily impressive. Senegal did blow this game, though. They uh, had the lead with Mane in the 11th minute. Um, Japan scored with a pretty good shot, um, Mm -hmm. 34th minute. And then Senegal scores in the 78th minute. And it looks sort of for all the world like they're going to win this game. And the great, the legendary Japanese player, Keisuke Honda, mm-hmm. comes in and Senegal just switches off a little bit on defense and la- allows a cross in. Honda puts it away. It's 2-2. And now yeah. that group is very interesting. I guess we'll, we'll get into Colombia-Poland before we break down that group. Yeah. But, so Colombia, they decide Hamas is fully fit enough to play the whole game. That was a smart decision. Do you think that might have made a difference for him? (laughs) I think so. He comes away with two assists, one a beautiful uh, ball to uh, Yeri Mina for Colombia. Yes, Yeri Mina, the Barcelona man, Yeri Mina. Who heads one in, and then the great Radamel Falcao, El Tigre, I learned today, Mm -hmm. gets his first World Cup goal at the age of 32. Former Chelsea great. Oh, here we go. I don't know about <laughs> great is a real stretch. He was uh, not good for Chelsea. But, you know, they, they were talking about it. It was really interesting for Falcao. Last World Cup, I believe he was hurt. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was sort of at the time in his career where he was 
sort of a king. Yeah, like, the he man. was the hottest yep. striker in the world. Uh, just kind of the guy when you think of a striker. I mean, there mm-hmm. were other players, but he was one of the best strikers in the world, and he didn't get to play in the World Cup. In the four years since, he's played for Chelsea, Manchester United, both failed streak, failed times, not mm-hmm. not really that good, not near living up to the price. Um, was he... He went to... Which one was he on loan for? He, he went to Monaco. Isn't that where he is now? Yeah, that's where he's at Monaco now, but who bought him for a bunch of money? Was it Manchester United? And then he went on loan to Chelsea? I don't remember the exact... Either way, it's hard to keep up because he did move around a lot and he's mm-hmm. sort of been in the wilderness. And he's been okay with Monaco. I think he's actually been pretty good, but, mm-hmm. you know, that's legal. Not a lot of people pay attention. No, unless you're PSG. Right, and so for him to pop back up in the World Cup with his first World Cup goal was, you could tell the emotion on his face and his mm-hmm. teammates and the fans. It was a big deal. And then uh, Quadrado, for all of his finishing issues. Former Chelsea Gray. Oh, <laughs> there's a lot of Chelsea greats. I'm they just w- because they buy a lot of players and get rid of a lot of players. We were talking about this that we could just put together a, a World Cup eleven based on the former he was, Chelsea. Yeah, he players. was not good with Chelsea. Uh, also, no, another player who was not good at Chelsea. <laughs> and th- one of his biggest issues that he's always had. He's one of the fastest players in the yeah. world. He is unbelievably mm-hmm. fast, but he a lot of times cannot finish or get a good cross, and he can't. He doesn't have that final ball. But the pass that Hamas sent to him. Mm-hmm. Was I don't know if you could say pass of the tournament, but it was it was I can't think of any there. It was an amazing pass. Every once in a while, there's a pass that you know there's there's plenty of goals that get you out of your mm-hmm. seat. That was a pass that like got yeah. me out of my seat. I was like, because <gasps> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. He's on the he's at the halfway line on the sideline, and Quadrado begins to streak through the middle, mm-hmm. and Hamas sends a ball on the ground that curls around every defender and is perfectly in stride yeah. for Quadrado. And he can't miss at that point. Mm-hmm. He's so open, and he actually finishes it, and that was it. And Poland's out of the tournament. I say this in 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 basketball a lot. I'd rather see a great pass than a great dunk. I would almost say that about that in soccer too. Sometimes, I mean, there, like you said, there are some goals that will really get you out of your seat. Just amazing, amazing goals. Uh, Charisma today. Oh, that <laughs> was. We'll talk was, about that. It like, was that amazing. Was um, but a pass like that, like you said, that really gets you up more so than than the finish. Yeah, the finish of, of any of these goals was not that amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Falcao's goal was a great pass um, as well, not from Hamas, but uh, Hamas really showed his value. Even though he didn't get on the score sheet, he still had, doesn't have a goal this World Cup. Uh, even though he was the Golden Boot winner last um, last World Cup. Yeah. But those two passes showed that's what they were missing against Japan. They didn't have a guy. Obviously, they were down a man. Yeah. But they didn't have someone who was opening up these other players and, yeah. and, and creating these goals. So that group is really interesting now because Poland is out, which who would have said when looking at that group, the first team out is Poland? Not me and not you. Not, we, not we were looking at us. our predictions. No. <laughs> so now it's really interesting. Senegal will play Colombia. The mm-hmm. winner of that is through. Um, Japan, if they beat Poland, is through, I think. Yes. Yes. But it gets really interesting if there's draws involved. There's a lot of possibilities. Yeah. That'll be a fascinating day when they're both games are happening at the same time, both uh, deeply affecting uh, with the other what's happening with the other games. And yeah. the, the thing is, Poland is out of it. Maybe that frees them up. They're very talented. They have yeah. good players. They could still beat. Japan. You can go one way or the other. They can either mail it in and just be completely defeated mm-hmm. and just mail it in, or 
with two losses, try and play for some pride and for their country and for their fans who travel to Russia and go out and, and get a win. I can, if I had to predict one or the other, I would predict that they're probably going to be the pack it in variety because they were favored, mm-hmm. because they have such talent, because they have uh, players who play on quality teams and yeah. thought they would do better. They'll be disappointed. On the other hand, you have a team like what Morocco and Iran did to, or I guess Morocco was the only team that was out of it, what Morocco did to Spain today. A pretty talented team who was out of it, who gave everything because they were like, we don't have anything to lose. Exactly. And they played really well today, almost came out with a win. Spain had to score in the 91st minute to make that a draw. They, they uh, yeah. played well in all three of their games. You yeah. know, some you give up the goal early to Ronaldo against Portugal, but then more or less dominated that game. Um, had the late own goal yeah, late correct own goal. against yeah. Iran. So if there's a hard luck team of the tournament thus far, it, I think it's got to be Morocco. I mean, obviously, I don't think anyone picked them to get out of that group with Spain and Portugal in their group. Um, but they a couple different bounces, and they – could have surprised some people and gotten out of that group. Yeah, they definitely will look back and say and feel like they should have done a lot better. Mm-hmm. And they will. I mean, they were just a couple different things away from getting out of a, a really almost impossible group yeah. when you look at it. So, but that is, I mean, that, that's the difference between Portugal and Spain and Morocco and Iran is, is the fact that Portugal and Spain will find ways to get results. And they have the talent to get results when things are going against them. Yeah. So today was the first day um, where both games are being played simultaneously. Are yes. you a fan? Oh, not a fan? You like it? I think it's the only way to do it. Yeah, I think you have to. It, it, it does make it a little hectic. I, w- I was missing goals left and right, even though I had the split screen, just because, mm-hmm. you know, you can't really watch two things at once. Mm-hmm. But, um, the, you know, the games earlier today, we'll just gloss over those because they weren't really that big of a deal because no. that, that group was already settled. But Saudi Arabia pulls out a 95th minute winner to beat Egypt. So they get a win. Egypt doesn't doesn't mean much, but it'll, I guess, mean something to those players and those fans that they yeah. actually got a win. And a Salah did score a nice goal. Yeah, he t- seemed fed up with it all. And perhaps his last game for the Egyptian national team. That is another. You were, inter- you were talking about politics with the Alba- Albanian Eagles. Yes. Uh, Salah dragged into a photo op and a honorary citizen of the of Chechnya of Chechnya that he didn't like to be used as a political is yeah. pawn the right word pawn is the absolutely word? the right yeah. word yeah I mean he's he basically was put in a situation he did not want to be in he doesn't want to answer questions about whether he supports the mm-hmm. politics of Ramzan Kadyrov the dictator of Chechnya uh, but uh, you know. Now you're just showing off that you know who the dictator of Chechnya is, right? He does not have anything pulled up on a screen. This no, is all from memory. Yes. I think you support <laughs> the dictator of Chechnya. <laughs> no, he's he's actually in, incredibly um, interesting. And if you want to spend a long time on Instagram, his mm-hmm. Instagram is hilarious. So are, would you say, say what you want about... <laughs> Say what you want about Ramzan Kadyrov and his um, he's got an interesting murderous Instagram. policies and his um, very controversial uh, thoughts on um, certain people groups. Yeah, but his Instagram is very interesting All because right. he posts videos of himself riding around on horses and uh, shirtless. 
don't think he's shirtless, like but mis- like like Mr. Putin. Yeah, no, he's not necessarily shirtless, but he's a very interesting, very he's a terrible person. Okay, and he drug Salah out of uh, his hotel room and made him stand around with him and take pictures and and look like he supported him and gave Salah. him a pin and made yeah. him an honorary like a yeah, honorary citizen. citizen and and, and, and to, just for a little bit of background, Chechnya is a um, majority Muslim. Um, oblast or, or, or uh, autonomous region of mm-hmm. Russia. They sort of run themselves. They've had a lot of problems. There have been several wars uh, between them and Russia, and Kadyrov is Putin's like, hand-picked dictator of the area. Yeah. Um, so being a Muslim area, he wanted Salah, probably the most famous Muslim soccer player in the world, to look like he supported him. Yeah. And Salah... Now has to be like you know answer questions from media and like hey do you support he's like I don't know like they grabbed yeah. me out of my hotel room and now I'm standing with this guy and he's fed up with it I don't think he will retire but I think he might take some time off yeah and, and prior to the World Cup I'm put you on the spot here but you threw his name out so you so you, you, I'm guessing you may know this guy too wasn't there some issue in the German camp with Mesedozul and another player posing with a was it the Turkish leader? Erdogan? Yeah, they, they were posing with someone yeah, that, 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 that's that, probably, yeah. that caused uh, an uproar prior to the World Cup. Some people calling for them to be kicked off the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, more political intrigue. Yeah, that's definitely possible. I didn't see that one, but that, that one would cause some issues. It, it's, it's really interesting. The World Cup has so many layers to it uh, uh, that people... However interested you are in those kind of things is how, you know, you can get as deep as you possibly mm-hmm. want into the political intrigue of it. I mean, even just the idea of in the very first game having Gianni, Gianni or Gianno Infantino, uh, the uh, president of FIFA, sitting between Putin and the, you know, the crown prince or the king, king or whatever of Saudi, of Saudi Arabia. Arabia and just all of these things going on. It's really interesting. But back to the soccer Portugal Iran was a great game. They were. It was Ricardo Quaresma. Ricardo Quaresma. That's a hard name to say, actually. It is. Ricardo Quaresma. It's easier to say it that way. It's a nice goal. By Osigano. Do you know what that means? No. It's his nickname. Huh. The Gypsy. Okay. Because he's a gypsy. Okay. Uh, or a Romani person. Yes. That's the more proper way to say it. He is an uh, incredibly interesting figure. If you've ever watched him play or, or read about him very sort of crazy tricky one of probably the most skilled players in the world mm-hmm. known for the type of shot that he scored on the outside of the foot shot mm-hmm. the incredibly difficult skill known for rabonas known for all kinds of stuff but has never put it together in a like this is cristiano ronaldo like mm-hmm. he's not that yeah but i bet in training they're the two that can do the most ridiculous things ridiculous with the ball. Things. Yeah. But there's a difference between, you know, a guy like Ronaldo and a guy like Quaresma. It's not yeah. just talent. But Quaresma will pull something out like that and in one of the biggest moments to get his team through scores an outside of the box, outside of the right foot, curling shot around the keeper and it's the only goal Portugal gets and it's yep. the only goal they need, although it was very close there at the end. Yeah, they they had a uh, VAR um review late that awarded Iran a penalty. I thought it was a good call. I thought so, too. What are your thoughts on VAR? I'm starting to see a lot of complaints, especially from British people who, you know, I think it's mostly Brits. 
I, I'm not exactly reading um, tweets sun from in the mirror. <laughs> the sun. No, I mean <laughs> tweets from people in other countries. I'm not reading yeah. the French, uh, you know, uh, journalists' yeah. opinions. But I think one of the things that they don't like about it is because, or one of the reasons they don't like it is because they don't have the experience we have. Mm-hmm. We've watched college football where they review every third play for 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah. We've watched the NFL where they review it all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's picking up more in basketball. Baseball, we have replay. So VAR works really quickly, in our opinion, yeah. I would think. Uh, VAR, and, yes, I, I agree. Um, it, 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 seemed to, it seemed to be highly praised early on in the tournament, but now as we've kind of gotten to the second and third games of each group, um, the love affair with VAR and how smoothly it's been run and how correct it is and when they're using it, when they're choosing not to use it, um, how long it's taking. Today I heard some more complaints that it seems to just be taking too long. The, there's several happenings in the Iran-Portugal game did take too long. Mm-hmm. Are they going to call the holding in the box on the free kicks, on the corner kicks? Are they not? Are they going to call the tackles? I know... Um, uh, Morocco had some issues. England had some issues um, with some American football tackles. That yeah, they there felt. were a couple of those. <laughs> but I think that I think that for the most part, it's worked. And there being issues isn't a reason to abandon it mm-hmm. or badmouth it. It's to say, okay, here's how we can improve it. But I, I, my argument against it is, okay, if it didn't exist, how many penalties would we have not seen that should have been called, mm-hmm. and would we be complaining about? And how many teams would feel hard done by and be coming out of the tournament saying, we're out of the tournament because a penalty wasn't called. Yeah. As it is, there's maybe a couple here and there that we'd say, oh, VAR was not called properly. The Mm -hmm. the ref did not review it properly. But at least it was given a second chance to be called. Speaking of Portugal and Iran and VAR, did you think, did you see the late uh, review of the Ronaldo play? Yeah, and I, I hate to be this person, but I think if that's not Ronaldo, that's a red card. I think so too. I, I th- think he, cl- I mean, I, maybe not intentionally, but he clearly did a swim move over his shoulder and he kind of clocked he him he in the doing. chin. He knew what he was doing. And you could see it on his face when the ref came out. Mm-hmm. He looked like a, almost like a scared puppy dog. Like yeah. he knew. But then shook his head and smiled at the yeah, yellow. Yeah, then acted like he was <laughs> hard done by. No, he knew their ball was, if the ball was right there, I would completely look at this differently. If there was a ball on the other side of the defender and he was trying to sort of swim move to get to the defend to get to the ball. Yeah. I'm okay. But he doesn't need to get around the defender right there. And in the way he did it was to to throw his arm at sort of the head area. Yeah. So I think that if that is Pepe, that's a red card. Mm-hmm. But it's Ronaldo and it's uh, I mean, it's it's kinda he you know. Yeah. It wasn't a punch to the face, but by the rules, I think that that's a red card, and I think they've that done it. They've done it in the World Cup to other players. I mean, uh, Beckham famously sent off with a red card. Uh, Rooney, correct? Yeah, he stomp. had a famous red card. Yeah, famous but, red well, card. Some of those were you couldn't not. Yeah, absolutely. Card. This was, I think, because it was. Uh, I'm not saying it was with yeah, the headbutt again. Yeah, another course. really <laughs> blatant one. I'm not saying that it was the most blatant red card in the world. And there would be a ton of controversy if it had been given. Mm-hmm. But if it's not Ronaldo, it's given, yeah. and you deal with the controversy. But the controversy would have been times a thousand because then Portugal goes into their next game without Ronaldo, they probably lose, and then it's forever blamed on a if he call. Yeah. So I, I I hate being the person who's like, oh, it's just because of who it is. But it really felt like that this time. So 
the rest of the week will be taken up with uh, you know, all the group games that will, uh, the ending of the groups, I mean, that will decide the winners of the groups. We've been pretty good so far, but they were pretty obvious groups. Hopefully, we'll get the rest of these right. Uh, you did get Peru wrong already. I did. I did. And then I have Iceland in my, I said in our preview, I picked Croatia and Argentina, but actually in my bracket that I filled out, I did pick Croatia, Iceland. Mm-hmm. That's not looking promising right no, now. No, it is not. But it's it could happen. We got Brazil. I got Brazil and Serbia. Right now it looks like Brazil and Switzerland, but you never know. And then, you know, the rest of these groups will shake out the way they shake out. We'll talk about those. You want to get into hobby talk or goal of the tournament talk? Yeah, let's do some hobby talk. And then from there, we can do goal of the tournament. All right. Hit me with that hobby talk. World's foremost expert in card pricing. Uh, that's... I, I appreciate soccer. the accol- I, I appreciate the accolades. Soccer card pricing. So of course, the biggest aspect of the World Cup every year is the World Cup sticker album put out by Panini. They have been doing it. This is now the thirteenth World Cup that they have done a sticker album, which they, goes back to I believe the seventies. Nineteen seventy was the first year that they did it. Um, the the sticker album in 1970 contained only 288 stickers compared to today's 2018 World Cup sticker album with 682. Which so, is, of course, a symptom of there being more teams and then more true. special correct, sticker items. Correct, correct. So let's do a quick rundown of each of the World Cup sticker albums um, and, and some of their values. Now, most people, here we are, you know, the, the group games are wrapping up. People are still collecting the World Cup stickers, filling out their albums. Um, so these are some prices for completed sticker albums. It's very difficult to complete, especially, you know, with 682 stickers, that's a lot of packs and a lot of trading and and swapping with your friends. Um, so these are some values, um, for completed sticker albums. Um, now loose sticker albums, you can also find the albums with, with this complete set of stickers, but not stuck in the, in the book. So really, so like an old album and an old set of stickers that match up totally, correct. but they haven't yeah, peeled. They just stuck. they built the whole set, but instead of peeling it and sticking it in there, um, they've just kept them separate. Interesting. And okay. those are considerably more valuable. They're, they're tougher, of course, to find. Why are those more valuable? Because the the stickers are considered everything's in better condition. in better condition. Okay. Mint. You know, you never know when you're buying. It could it's a real crapshoot if you buy from somebody online. Did they stick it on there correctly? Is it all straight? Is it perfect? Is Did it... they stick it on like I stick it on or like you stick it on? Is the question. Exactly. That is the exact so You want one like I want you it exactly stuck it on. lined up. I don't want it all crazy I'm, at an angle and I'm pretty haphazard. Yes, you are. So, I would not want to purchase a sticker album from you. So, um so the albums and the stickers separate, you're looking at two to three times these values. So going back to 1970, the first album, this is complete in the album, 288 stickers. You're looking at anywhere between $1,000 and $2,500 for that first album. Very difficult to find, um, and you're going to pay for it. 74, the German World Cup, 400 stickers, anywhere from 250 to 600 bucks. Same thing with 78 for the Argentina World Cup. Um, actually, if the Argentina World Cup in 78 drops down to about 150 to 400 dollars. Um, the next two years, 82 and 86, both did 427 stickers. Mm-hmm. You're going to pay anywhere from 100 to 250 dollars for one of those books. 
Same thing for 1990, where they jumped up to 448 stickers for the Italian World Cup. Then you get to the U.S. World Cup in 94. Um, these are about $125 to $300. They did about the same number of stickers at 444 that they did the previous World Cup. Um, perhaps that increase in value is that there's more collectors in the United States. Um, there's more of a secondary market for some of this stuff. It's a, a, a marginal increase. Um, the first World Cup in the United States, so maybe that has some added intrigue. Plus it's like super 90s. Oh, it's, it's super 90s. So yeah. that has to help. People love the 90s designs. So we're into 1998 for France. You're going to pay about $250 for that one. They jumped it up to 561 stickers for that one. So a big increase over the 94 World Cup. Really? But there weren't more teams added, right? I don't believe so. I don't Not think at that so. point. They're just extra we're at stickers. 32 extra stickers. Now they do um, stadiums mm -hmm. and they do um, little bonus bonus things, things yeah. like that. So we're 2002. Now we're in the 2000s for the Korea South Japan South. Maybe South Korea Japan. South Korea Japan. You're gonna pay 120 dollars for an album, complete album. Um, and then there's some some serious drop off as we get into the 06, 10, 14, and 18 album. In 06 in Germany, it's about sixty dollars. Uh, we're up to six hundred plus stickers for each of these um, for 2010, 2014, and now here for 2018. Um, it's about forty dollars, anywhere from fifteen to forty dollars for a full. Now you're gonna pay some shipping on that, so. Um, anywhere from about 15 to 40 dollars for the last three world cups for a complete sticker album and again if you have the sticker album loose along with the loose complete set two to three times those those values would you advise collectors of this world cup to not stick their stickers in if they, well, if they were going for the pristine you know I'm yes keep absolutely then if that if you're looking for an investment piece to sell but if you're looking f like down the line, You'd but if you're looking, yeah, years, yeah, actually. But if you're looking for something fun to do and not expensive, you're paying a dollar a pack for five stickers and something fun to complete. Um, it's certainly fine to stick them in there. I think that's one of the things that's interesting about the sticker collecting is that it is. It's as expensive as you want it to be in a sense mm -hmm. of like it's as. Um, you know, you can do it just with your kids. Yeah. Let them rip open the packs, stick the stickers on sideways if they want to. Yeah. You wouldn't like it. No, I would not. But it, it's because things are cheap. You know, you can a lot of times you get the albums for free or yeah. $2. Or they yeah, are. they're cheap. And the sticker packs are cheap. It's all... You're, and you're not like... <gasps> I got the exclusive messy sticker. It's yeah, like this number messy to sticker, five. Or this messy only five, sticker, yeah. yeah, is as common as the Sardar Asbun, yeah. is as common as some player you've never heard of yeah. on Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So it's more of a just, you know, open, do it. Uh, the yeah, fun is leisure, in the chase. And, yeah. So I, I think, and like you said, it, it's once every four years. Uh, the albums and the stickers are inexpensive enough that if you really wanted to, you could probably with some trading online and, and with your friends, you could probably do one where you complete the book and you could probably do one where you just collect the stickers loose. Yeah, and then keep that for decades until and it's worth send your, bucks. Send your children to college on it. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if everyone just did, took their Panini albums uh, to a bonfire. Yes, exactly. Except, except you, you. Then you could send your kids to college. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yes. Yeah. Who knows what college will cost that long from now? Yeah. 
Um, okay, so goal of the tournament talk. We'll just go through this quickly because obviously the tournament's not over, but just kind of there's been so many good ones. We should narrow them down mm-hmm. now, and then we'll have to narrow them down again later. Uh, ones that I don't think necessarily are goal of the tournament that are really good that come to mind. Hyungman Son's goal against Mexico was a yeah, really good really goal, good. cutting in on his left um, when they were down 2-0, scoring that late. Uh, it's always it's always interesting to me when someone scores a really good goal uh, in that situation and then has to just like run and pick up the ball and put yeah. it back on. It's like yeah. celebrate your amazing <laughs> goal. But uh, that one was really good. And then you know we talked about the the Quadrado goal as a team goal with a great pass from mm-hmm. Hamas will be a goal I'll remember. And I yeah. think people will, uh, will be on highlight reels for a long time, but it is not in the upper echelon because there have no. been some great no, ones. No, no, what no. Are, what, what are the first ones? Um, the first too? one that comes to mind is from day two of the tournament is Nacho's goal yes. against Portugal. Portugal, where he fired it from outside the box and deflected off the left post, you, right? R- I th- how do well, we, it depends. How do we well, it depends. Post? It doesn't matter. It yes, does, it, it was, fired off one post and then deflected off the other he one. Came and, flying in from right back. Yes, and, and it was. That was a great goal on on the um, on the volley, half volley, I guess. Yeah, um, coming out to him. That was a, the first good goal of the tournament mm-hmm. for sure. Um, the Dries Mertens goal that was a a full volley that looped into mm-hmm. the far corner. Dries Mertens for Belgium that opened the scoring for Belgium in their first game. We talked about the Cruz goal. That was ridiculous, the way he yep. curled that in from the angle that he was. And, and and I think the moment matters as well. Yeah. And that was a great one. So the difference is that one won the game. Dries Mertens opened the scoring, but, you know, that game ended up being 3-0. That cruise goal is as much like the Landon Donovan goal against Algeria yes. in 2010. Kind of last, like the last second, second amazing goal everybody's going crazy yeah it was yeah that that is definitely in that same category but the skill involved in the cruise mm-hmm. goal was a million times oh more. my gosh yes it was yeah. amazing uh Quaresma's goal today mm-hmm. outside of the right foot cut, cutting in where a normal person not a crazy person takes that left-footed or if they're not left-footed they don't shoot that mm-hmm. um but he is right-footed and goes outside of the right boot curls it around the keeper. If you've seen some of the shots from above him, the way his leg is shaped when he hits the ball, it looks like his leg is like was attached strong on his body. <laughs> it's like broken. Yeah. He like it's, dislocated it to hit the ball. Yeah, that one was amazing. Uh Granite Jaka's goal. Mm-hmm. The pace I, I wanna I want to see a um uh miles per hour or something on that because the pace that he hit the ball was incredible. He comes flying in from deep in the midfield mm-hmm. off a ball that was um, kind of cleared out, and there's 15 people in the box. Yeah, and it avoids everyone and the keeper and goes in the side, uh, or you know, not in the side, but goes in sort of the corner of the goal. That was amazing. Uh, I think that my I would say actually right now that's my goal of the tournament. Don't forget about Luka Modric's goal. Oh, that one was so good. <laughs> oh, that one was so good. And and that's another one. So Xhaka's goal tied the game. Yeah. Modric's put Argentina away. Yeah, that was like the nail in the coffin. Mm, it on was that 1-0. One. It just deflated everything. Yeah. Argentina, Argentina was pressing and pressing to get one. And Modric kind of jukes the guy left, right, left, right, gets a half of not even half yard of space. Mm-hmm. And that's another one. Depending on the the camera angle makes it. When you see the angle from behind him mm-hmm. and you see how it's outside of the post the entire way until yeah. the last second it curls in. Yeah. 
So, yeah, man, that one might be better. I don't know. I'm going, I'm going with Jaka right now, but that one, I think I'm going to rank it Jaka, Modric, Cruz. And then Quaresma. But, man, I could go either way on all, any of these. I think I'd go Cruz, Modric, Quaresma. Oh, so Jaka's your fourth. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but you know what? Don't uh, skill wise, it wasn't. It does. It isn't on the level of these. But the goal for Panama against uh, England, just the significance to the <laughs> Panamanian fans and the players, just going crazy like they had won the game when that really was just what six. That made it six one. Yeah. Well, correct? actually, you know, I think we're forgetting the best goal of the tournament. Harry Kane. Harry Kane. It was back heel. I was going to make mean, that joke. Who else has the skill to be running away from the goal <laughs> and hit a ball with their back heel from? Outside the box that curls in, he's the golden child. Why do you hate Harry Kane? Because I just is the it way because he plays for Tottenham. No, it's just the way the English media talks about him. Did you see that? I think it was in the Sun that was like no tattoos, married or uh, engaged to his high school sweetheart. Um, uh, something else. Uh, this isn't a joke. England actually has a lovable star. <laughs> that was literally a headline. I thought but he it was is a lovable. Joke. He's not lovable. He's there's nothing going on. In I that heard his head. interview yesterday. He's he's very he sounds very English, at least to my American Do ears. Do you think all English people are just like dull? Yeah, he going seems on. very dull, Extremely very nice, dull. very proper, and he's like a boring, boring James Milner, Milner <laughs> striker version. It's my favorite Twitter account, boring James Milner. <laughs> wow. Anyway, so we'll wrap it up. But if you guys are looking for an interesting history lesson, Fox Sports did a great um, documentary. Little, great little, um, yeah, just kind of a little story on Stalin's dacha, his summer oh, home. I thought you were. And they, they, they wanted to, uh, you know, honor the, the Russian history. So they opened it by saying, say what you will about Stalin, good or bad, but uh, his summer home is part of history, which I'm like, who's out there saying good things about Stalin? You could tell us about a summer home by not, uh, you know, downplaying the millions of people he killed. But hey, Fox Sports, you know, do what you do what you will. No, there actually was a good documentary. There was. This is where I thought you were going. I didn't know we were going back <laughs> so to Stalin. Brian watched the good documentary made by Fox Sports, I believe. No such happy. Correct. No tell such happy. They, they were they were advertising this heavily during the World Cup. It was on 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 regular Fox on Saturday afternoon. It was about a two hour documentary about the Brazilian team, um, Chapecoense, Chapecoense um, who in 2016, on their way to a final, eh, it, I'm going to mess in, up the name of the, whatever the final was, but it was a final in South America. This, the South American version of like the Europa League, I believe. The yes, exactly. The secondary. Yes. It was a big deal for them. Copa Sudo America, I believe yeah, something. I believe. Um, 71 people killed in a plane crash. On their way from Brazil to Medellin, the plane ran out of fuel. Um, only three players survived. Several other players from the team who didn't make the trip because they weren't named to the squad mm -hmm. stayed back. So it, it talks about the the crash and the aftermath and the rebuilding of the team and some of the challenges, uh, the many challenges that they faced um, in rebuilding um, and, and kind of their return. Um to to playing football in Brazil. It was really really good. You mm -hmm. should check it out. I believe you can stream it still on on foxsports.com on their website. Um, they may replay it here again 
but it was really good. Nosa Chape. So Nosa Chape. check that out. And then also um, check out Fox's special report about Stalin, good or bad. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, and tweet at Fox and ask them, what are the good things Stalin <laughs> did? That's your assignment, Bilbos e Bilbas. So, uh, yeah, you know, follow us on uh, Twitter, Beckett. Uh, Twitter, Beckett. Follow us on Twitter, at Beckett yes. Media. Uh, I'm at Scott Bedgood. Brian I'm is at Brian Fleischer. It is. Uh, we both own our own names. We do. We don't have to add any letters or numbers or anything. No. So that's exciting. And then uh, subscribe on the iTunes store. Give us a rating. That'd be great if we were the top-rated soccer collectibles podcast called Bend It Like Beckett. I think we can do that. I think we are already. Yeah. But we want to stake our claim to that. Yes. And then use the hashtag BillBossyBillBoss on Twitter. If you want to. It's setting the world alight. It is. It is trending. Yeah. So uh, do that, and we'll see you. We'll see you. You will hear us on Thursday after more groups have been decided, and I'll gloat to Brian that I got more right than him. I bet you will. (laughs) Until then, I'm Scott Bedgood. I'm Brian Fleischer.